Hello, everybody. This is Coach Bala here. Good to connect with all of you once again. Apologies for a one-week delay. Um, last week, I was in the middle of a lot of international travel, so I just could not get to a recording uh, a zone. You know, you need to be not only in the mental mindset for recording, but also you need to have a physical sort of space available to do this and just was traveling too much. Um, but yeah, good to be back. Good to be connected again. I'm looking at some phenomenal runs across the board. We are already five weeks into the main program, second MISO. Um, sorry, six weeks into the main program. Fifth week, I second uh, fifth week I missed, and now here I am in the sixth weekend. So two MISOs done. Remember, just some time ago we were discussing our first milestone is 21 days. Now we are looking at 42 days of completion. That just tells you how much uh, 42 days since we started the regular program, six weeks. Um, Brilliant, guys. I really think we are off to the races, pun intended. Um, I think we have about uh, 600 plus runners still in the pro program, which is phenomenal. About 30, 40 of them have uh, sort of moved on because of various life issues, as, as I would say. So that's a pretty nice thing. If starting off at 650 pro and coming or 640 pro and coming to 600 right now after two MISOs is less than what? Uh, some 10% is 60. So less than 10%, which is pretty cool. Uh, that means more than 90% of you have stuck it out, done the hard work and ready to get to the third MISO. So phenomenal guys. Congratulations. Uh, welcome to the third MISO offer training program. Next three weeks. Um, also, I see uh, beautiful feedback from all of you. We, as I said, we had uh, started the new tradition of uh, Uber-style feedback. Uh, every MISO, we have this metrics dash. We provide you the quantitative and qualitative feedback. And as you enter, you can just do a quick uh, and, uh, you know, quick and dirty feedback to all of us, one sentence and a quick rating. It helps us a lot in figuring out how we are doing and where we can improve. And I, I can tell you, we are done like an overall score of 4.5 plus across everybody. That's like pretty high net promoter score. Uh, I'm very glad that you've given us this uh, feedback. Continue to do the, continue to do so as you look at MISO 2 scores. Uh, please do so. It'll be a huge help that you can give us and help us to help people. So that's the second point. Point number three, I hope all of you have seen the T-shirt release. Uh, it's two weeks. We close out in another uh, a week or so, uh, two weeks or so. So do not procrastinate. Don't wait for the last minute. Uh, help us make your orders, finish it off. As I said, you know, uh, if you are having a couple of running families right next to you and if you need to ship, just consolidate those orders. Save on, say, shipping makes it easier for us as well. We can just send it as one bundle. Um, the goal here is our T-shirts are, we, we, we don't try to, make any money or anything we just try to minimize the cost as much as we can customize it i hope you love the design it's going to come from outside the country so it requires a little bit of a logistics work so we need to get the orders tightened by end of this month so that you all can have your t-shirts in hand by end of next month okay so that's important so please go ahead finish off those uh, t-shirt orders it's always nice to see all of us in those uh, post season pictures with our season colors the season logo, this is like one for the history, so to speak. And I would like all of you to be part of that journey. Uh, also, uh, for New Jersey runners, if those of you are beginning to think about which races to run, New Jersey as well as non-New Jersey runners, 
We have our dates finalized. This is the 29th of April. Initially, I'd said 23rd of April, but we have some other New Jersey race going on. A lot of folks want to be part of the, the celebratory last season ending day. And uh, so good request came. So we would, we would do that on the 29th. That's the official end of the season. 29th of April, which is a Sunday. We'll have a full gala affair, full race day. All four races are given, run by runners eye, volunteered by runners eye, medal ceremony, lunch, a little bit small party, uh, all of that. So a warm welcome to post uh, uh, outside New Jersey runners. We love our guests. Uh, please do ping to your coaches to me. We will figure out a way for all of you to invite you. Uh, if past is his, uh, any indication, uh, all the runners who came outside New Jersey to uh, New Jersey, they all loved our hospitality, our warm heart. As I always say, we might have a small house, but we have a large heart. So please do come. And uh, we will very soon launch that. Um, we please sign up for it. 29th, those of you who are just running, don't have to worry about going to any other race. Our race is also very special because it's of us delivering this for us. Hyper-customized, about 400 runners, I'm expecting in this very beautiful trail in Colonial Park in New Jersey. It's a beautiful place. It's springtime, so it'll be like colorful and uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Okay, so that's on the 29th. That's the second third message I want to give you. Um, as we look at going forward, uh, entering third me, so what all things you should be thinking about, right? What all how how does this pan out? So as I said, the train has left New York. It's going towards its destination, which is San Francisco. And we are somewhere in the middle of the country. And every MISO, the train picks up in speed. You know, so I'm hoping that you are continuing to be on board the train, not letting go of any of these workouts and strength trainings. And just keep with the flow. That's the beauty about this. It's like a sausage machine. Once you're in, you will the sausage will come out. It is the, it, it is the process we are focused on. So all you need to do is just focus on the next day, focus on the next week, the current week, just get your things done and that's it. And forget about it. Just go with the flow. Don't worry about, oh my God, the distances are increasing and all that. You will be ready. So next me, sir, we will go to the next phase of the next level of training. Distances will obviously increase. Trainings uh, will be a little different. Different types of runs will be there. Um, so as you think about it, we did focus on the the CP runs, you know, if you remember the in the last uh, weekend message I had given you, the pyramid, a strong base of CP, and then we have strength runs. Now, one of the strength runs is strides, right? And what is strides? Really, what is strides, if you think about it, is that as you are running, there are multiple forces that are acting on your body. One of the largest forces that your body, especially on the musculoskeletal system that needs to be ready for, is the impact loading of your entire weight landing on the ground when you sort of put your foot on the ground. And it seems the weight, the, the impact load is almost two to three X the, your own weight. That much of force is coming back as a reaction, ricocheting into your ankle, into your uh, uh, knee, and the hip joint and above, the entire kinetic chain. So the goal here is that we need to start strengthening all those muscles and the joints to take that load for a long period of time. So the base pace run, as you do, yes, there is a load impact and there is this load and it gets strained, but 
we also want to make sure that you are sort of doing a little bit extra loads on these joints to sort of take the impact and train itself for this impact. And one of the objectives of stride runs is that. And what's a stride run? The stride run is basically you start off with a CP and then you have five or six cycles of running fast, running slow. <laughs> running fast, running slow. High intensity, low intensity. High intensity, low intensity. That's what is a stride run. So the stride run comes in different forms, colors, and shapes. It could be just stride run based on like, you know, run for one minute fast, run for one minute slow. That's one type of stride run. The other type of run, a stride run is on a hill. Like go up the hill for one minute, down the hill for an extra one minute, up the hill for one minute, down the hill for one minute. That's a hill straight stride run. Then there are other type of runs where you are asked to sprint and then just do a CP after that. A sprint, a CP, a tempo run, a CP, a fast run and a CP, not walk in between. That's another type of run. And then you have what are these runs called fartleks. Basically in Swedish, it is called speed play, playing with speed. So what that essentially means is that you just start running and there is no specific time. You just vary the time, like depending based on what you feel. Like you run two minutes on speed, 30 seconds slow, then another two minutes, one minute on speed, 45 seconds slow, that type of stuff. No walking in between. It's running, whatever time you feel like, and then but reduce after a point. That also is a cycle, but it's not a rhythmic cycle. It's a asymmetric sort of a cycle. But the idea here in the stride, as I told you, is all of these strides work out. There is a high impact loading on those joints in a controlled manner, not for a very long time. So that's why you are asked to do one minute or two minutes and then rest for one or two minutes with a slow run or a walk. The goal is so that you don't go crazy. You know, if you continue to do that for like 10 minutes, you will impact your joints and your joints will, you know, get injured. So that's why you train it in a way that you go for a couple of minutes, get the muscles that are supporting the joints to get a little bit loaded. And as a result, it gets strengthened. And this process of strengthening will continue and thereby it enhances your run when you're doing a regular CP run in your race day or long runs. That's the goal. Similarly, these stride runs, this up and down moment, also helps you in your cardiovascular strength, like cardiovascular, not the musculoskeletal, the cardiovascular strength. So what happens there is, uh, let's say your heart is, max capacity of your heart is to provide 100 units of blood. Okay, and when you are in CP, you are you are making the heart to go at fifty units of blood. But when you are in stride, you are forcing the heart to go to eighty units or eighty percent of it, eighty percent of its max capacity. So you are essentially ask tuning your heart to do a much larger output than what it normally is required. As a result, when you are in the normal zone, it becomes easier for the heart to provide the normal fifty units of blood. You know what I mean? So that's the idea behind stride runs. Cardiovascular development happens by sudden peak load increase, thereby forcing your heart to go at 80, 90 units of blood, 80% of its max, thereby actually increasing its max output. And so 100, it might even go to 110. So it's almost like as you do more and more stride runs, when you, after you do a lot of stride runs and when you come back to base runs, it's almost like having a high-powered BMW car with a high-powered engine that can take go up to 150 miles an hour speed, but you're going at 60 miles per hour speed or 65. When you do that 65, while you're not utilizing the entire load of uh, capacity of the engine, 
you are operating the car at a much lower percentage of its peak capacity. As a result, the engine is smooth. Your ride is smooth because it has got so much reserve power that it can take on this little bit of 65 very easily. As opposed to, let's say, have an engine with its car, its max peak output is only at 80 and you are driving it at 65 miles, then the engine is like struggling because it's already running at 80, 90% of its maximum peak capacity. So that's what it is, guys. That's what we're trying to do with your body. By doing these stride runs, we are increasing your skeletal system to take on more load, also improving your peak capacity of your heart and cardiovascular system by loading it higher for a controlled period of time. So that's really what stride is. So if you know all of this theory well, if you have understood all the things I just told you well, what you need to do tactically then is that when you do stride runs, by the way, guys, not everyone gets a stride run. It's a little advanced run. So maybe 50 to 60% of you will only have stride runs in the in the Meso 3. Those of you who do not have stride runs, don't despair. It's just that you are in its initial phase of your running journey. So let's just continue to focus on base pay. That's what it means. But back to the stride runs, if you understood all that theory, what is really needed from you to do a good stride run is one, make sure you record the splits, the up and down split, because without recording that split as a coach, we won't even know how you have done your stride run. So it's not a stride run for us if you don't record your splits. That means you press the lap button when you're running or double tap the Apple Watch every time there is a change in speed. That means when you increase the speed, double tap or lap button. When you reduce the speed, double tap or lap button. Keep doing this for every cycle. And as a result, we'll be able to get splits for every uh, stride cycle. That's the first one. Don't miss that. The second is the difference between heart rate from the high and low should be distinctive. You cannot have a high run at 160 heart rate and low run at 155 heart rate. It's not a stride run because you haven't given rest for your system before it can take the next peak. So what you need to do is if you're, when you're walking or when you're, when you're running slow, if your heart rate is not coming down, take a longer break. Wait for the heart to come down. Then only it can power the next stride. You know what I mean? That is the basic definition. You need to get the heart rate back to all, if not resting, but a pretty low heart rate. So it's a heart rate based uh, stride training at the end of the day. So make sure you do that. And um, the faster you do on strides, the better because you're loading higher. So for you to do faster, you got to take a lot slower, longer rest. Then only you can give that push. Okay. So that's what I would suggest for all of you on stride runs. Uh, stride runs are really enjoyable, very enjoyable. Okay. So you should do that. Um, it, it time passes by very quickly, distance passes by very quickly, you get a higher runner's high at the end of the race, uh, end of the run, and you also get better in your CP. So it's like worth its weight in gold, guys, stride runs. So that's the next message about stride runs. Um, then let me talk about the NQC. Uh, I, I would say I didn't get that much response. I would love for you to do a little bit more response like the first one. I had about 10, 12 responses. This time I had three or four. Thank you for that for those of you who uh, gave us the gift of your wisdom. But guys, don't feel shy. Give us your thoughts on MQC. It's always good to hear other people's thoughts. And you also, when you put your thoughts on paper, you think about it. You know, when you think about it, subconsciously it will help you. There is a method to these questions. So its idea here is to elicit your response and also sort of activate your subconscious brain 
on all of these things. So take it seriously. Give us your, give us the gift of your thoughts. It, uh, there is no wrong answer in any of those. So what was the question? The question is, uh, the MQC question was a quote that said some, something around the ability of humans to, uh, to, uh, to uh, you know, uh, burn the burden, burn the burden of, uh, uh, what was the exact, I'm trying to, uh, let me, let me make sure that I don't misquote it. It's about resilience, essentially. And I'm just opening up my, um, give me one second. So the, the quote goes, the human capacity for burden is like bamboo, far more flexible than you would ever believe at first glance. That's the message. Or in other words, don't underestimate the ability of your mind and physical strength to take on additional burden or a, or a discomfort. Don't underestimate it. Don't prevent your natural uh, body and mind gifts that the God has given you uh, to work on yourself. Don't, you, do, you don't be the bottleneck. It's because our human body is like bamboo. Now, if I give you a bamboo and ask you to break, you might think it's easy because it's a thin, slender, small sort of stick. But as you bend it, It'll keep bending, but it'll never break. Or it'll not. It'll never break as in it has a much longer uh, sort of flexibility, much more flexibility than you can imagine, strength than you can imagine because of its hollow nature. Uh, materially, you know, in a material science folks will agree with me. When something is hollow, it's a lot more strong uh, for fracture, you know, to prevent fracture. So it keeps bending, bending, bending until you really bring it close and then only it'll break. Or in other words, it can take a lot of deformity. It can bend itself to suit the additional load before it gives up. That's the lesson here. We all can be a bamboo because as we go through this training, we all are put uh, under a stress, under uh, you know a feeling of discomfort, whether it is mental or physical. Just because you get discomfort doesn't mean that it is a zero-one activity. That's what I'm trying to say. It is not a zero-one activity. You should bend. You should be flexible. Try never to give up. Never to give up. Keep trying something. If one is not possible, see whether point eight is possible. Point eight is not possible. Try point five is possible. Or point two is possible. But the goal is don't go from one to zero just like that. Don't just break. Something, something try to do. I mean, I am in that phase right now, folks. I've been in this extreme amount of travel for the last 20, 25 days. I'm jet lagged. A uh, little bit of uh, mental inertia is there for me because when you're jet lagged, you're exhausted a little bit. And if you're traveling continuously, you do get dehydrated. So as a result, you're not in your, in your full strength. So when you wear your shoes and put that first foot on forward, your legs pain. Just don't feel it. But just because you don't feel it, it can be just I abandon it completely. So I, because I've been doing this for a long time, I know how to sort of weather this temporary crisis in my sort of running career, which is somehow I have to make it happen. So I am now, while I can't do a full-fledged, full, full uh, uh, long run, maybe I can do half of it. If my coach is asking me to do a stride and I don't have the energy to do that, maybe I do a CP. Uh, if I, they ask me to do six miles, like I don't have the time, I do maybe three miles. Something is better than nothing. If they ask me to run and I don't feel like running, maybe I just do a walk. You know what I mean? There is from zero to one, there is a lot of gap. A lot of ways I can still do something uh, before I say I don't do anything. That's the resilience portion of it. That's the bamboo. 
that we all can be if we choose to be. So I, uh, that's the idea of that MQC. This season, next couple of weeks is all about resilience. We'll discuss a lot more about it. Commitment and dedication was the first pillar. The second pillar is resilience. And resilience, all of us will be tested in the 16 weeks. If it was easy, if it was as easy as just following the recommendation, all of you would have, everybody would have become a marathoner. Everybody, I said, not here, I'm talking about generally everybody. But not everybody does it because it's an activity that requires ups and downs. Uh, it requires some resilience to come back from down because it's an activity of 16 weeks. A lot of things, life happens during those 16 weeks. So we do expect some downs. Goal is how resilient you are to come back. And if you go to the dictionary, resilience is the way they define resilience is your ability to come back. That is resilience. And we all need to develop that resilience. And there is a lot of facet of resilience. And one of the facet is that it is not a binary game. It's a bamboo game. Don't let it go before you have to break. So if one is not possible, point eight, point five, point three. Uh, that's the way you get resilience. So next time when you have a, a challenge, think about what is the next level of uh, activity you can do which is not 100%, but it's 80%. If that, will that be able to fit in the challenge that you have right now? Most probably, yes. Just go and do it and you'll become a bamboo. That's the message, okay? So that's on the resilience. Um, so I touched on strides. I touched on resilience. I touched on what your, uh, uh, where you are in the journey and expecting going forward in the third MISO and congratulated you on the second MISO. Congratulations. The last point is I want to touch on the next topic of this amazing human being series. A couple of seasons ago, a couple of weeks ago, I had started this uh, series within my talk, which is the amazing human beings, where I, time to time, I would like to touch on one trait that makes uh, an amazing human being, amazing human being. And I talked about giving at that time, just my thoughts. Would love to hear your thoughts. I didn't hear much responses but I'm hoping that you all agreed with my thoughts on giving. Likewise, I want to introduce the second part of this, uh, of this amazing human being series, which is being thankful, you know, an ability to be thankful for whatever you have to whomever has given you is another trait of being an amazing human being, ability to be thankful. So I wanted to share my thoughts on that. And I think there is a kind of break this into two parts, thankful into two parts. If you want to be truly a great human being, you need to know how to be thankful. And for you to know how to be thankful, you have to have two things in place. One is having the feeling, ability to feel thankful. You need to have that in place. You need to really know how to feel thankful. Okay. And the second one is an ability to express your feeling of thankfulness. These two needs to be in place. If you do not feel thankful and you just express yourself of being thankful, you are just a hollow thankful. You know, you'll see in the, in the US many times. Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Just throwing thank you for every other sentence. That's not being thankful. That's just a front end word, just filling up the gap. Likewise, if you're feeling thankful and you do not know how to express it, then also you've wasted the opportunity of gaining the full impact of being an amazing human being. So let me do a one, one double click on both these pockets. 
how to develop the feeling of thankful. Now, this is where I just wanted to lay one thought to all of you. You need to start feeling thankful through the lens of input and not the output. What I mean by that is for you to get an output, a lot of input needs to be in place. For a lot of these inputs, you need somebody else as well to help you to get those inputs. It's not just you alone. Nothing in life is just you alone. There has to be something else that needs to help you to do that input correctly. Now, sometimes all these inputs come together and an output is created. But if you only feel thankful when the output meets your requirement, then you miss out on all the uh, folks or the elements that helped you on the input side, right? So uh, let me give, the, give this as an example, uh, explain this through an example. Let's say you're going for an interview for a job of your dreams. For you to go through the interviews, let us assume that you are preparing yourself. Your mom is coming and dropping you at the, at the station early in the morning so that you can pick up the train to that particular place at six o'clock in the morning. Your uh, best friend has done some research for you and has given you some nice thoughts about the company that you can use. Your father has helped you to sort of connect you with one of his friends so that you can sort of have some networking event with that person. And then uh, your current, uh, you know, your son or a daughter has actually, uh, you know, you know, opened up the website and told you three or four cool things about the manager, about the person whom you are interviewing with through LinkedIn. Let's assume all of these inputs have come in place. All of this has actually helped you to better get prepared for the interview. Go for the interview. And let's say for whatever reason, you didn't get the job. Does that mean that all these five things that came together to sort of prepare you for the interview has got no value? No, right? All of these folks have done something for you to get to the position where you can at least make a decision whether to get in or not. So that's why being thankful for these five is not a function of whether you got the job or not. Likewise, in running parallels, a lot of things need to be in place for the 16 weeks. You, you know, your family has to support you. Your body has to support you. You have the freedom from your work to do these trainings. You know, your, your kids are like sort of helping you give those extra gels in your long runs. You name it. It's a 16-week journey. And then after 16 weeks, let's assume that you had a target timing in place. And for whatever reason, the target did not happen. Doesn't mean that all of those things that came together for 16 weeks is valueless. Or in other words... Focus on creating the, identifying and generating the feeling of thankfulness based on the input people give you. Just for that value alone, irrespective of whether that was helped you in your next step or not. When you get into that mode, you will start identifying the various folks who are helping you. The various elements that are helping you. And as you identify them, you start developing in your, deep in your heart, an appreciation for how lucky you are. You know, every one of us are lucky to be where we are because there are a million people who are below us who do not even have the opportunity that we have, whether it is running, whether it is professional, whether it is personal. If you only look at things that are not going well for you, you will forget and you will ignore the things that are going well for you and you will ignore the inputs that fell into place for that things that are going well for you to happen. And when you ignore the inputs that falls into place for making those things that go well in life for you and you ignore it, less and less things will go well for you in life.
putting all this thought process in the reverse direction, a positive frame of mind will put you on a positive spiral up. And when you are in the positive spiral, you recognize the number of elements, people that actually help you to get there. And when you start recognizing them, you begin to develop the feeling of thankfulness for all of that. So that's the first bullet point, recognizing things that are going well for you and and the folks and circumstances that are actually helping you. That's the first one. Now, when you talk about the second one, now that you have the feeling of thankfulness, if you do not know how to express that, then you've lost out on this larger package that what's the point in you feeling thankful, but you're not able to express it. So the way you express it, there's two elements to that. You should express it at the right time and with the right choice of words. What I mean by that is, let's say your wife makes the best dish that you really like. Come back after travel and you see that she has taken the effort to make this wonderful meal for you. You come home and you're hungry, you freshen up and you see that beautifully laid out in the dining table. You feel so thankful for this uh, for this incredible human being that you call as wife, uh, for your, your wife. And you just gorge and have a fantastic amount of food. You know, you, uh, your wife can see that you are actually loving everything that she has made. But you haven't, ex- that is not expression of feeling being thankful. You just felt thankful. You enjoyed the outcome. You need to express it at that time. The time is then. A simple word of a thank you or a hug or you are the best. Anything like on, on that angle. At the time when you enjoyed somebody's gift to you. If you do not do that, some people have this strange thing that I don't want to be so formal. I don't want to say thank you. The very fact that I'm eating and eating two plates instead of one is a way of me telling I'm thankful. Man, that doesn't cut it for me. For all the work that I've done, okay, you've definitely you know, uh, taken my uh, um, services in a smiling face. That's great. You could have always said that this is bullshit, but you didn't do it. But that's just par. That's par for the course. I want you to do better than that because you want to be an amazing human being. You don't want to be a normal human being. So an amazing human being is the time when that was given. Don't lose that time. When it matters, you just say a simple words of appreciation and thank you. That is what makes the difference between just feeling and expressing your thankfulness and completely changing the paradigm of the relationship by those simple words. And this can be applied to everywhere. This, I just gave an example at at home. You can do this professionally. Somebody who helped you, somebody whom, uh, you know, above, below, peers, it doesn't matter. As you keep having that mindset of identifying things that are helping you and ability to express it at the time it matters, you are on a different zone where people would love to give to you. When people, because when they know, when they give to you, you, if it is valuable, you will truly appreciate and thank them. And that's all people are looking for. Okay. Make sure you do that. The more you do, the more thankful a human being you become, the more easy for people to give you and more amazing you become. Thank you guys. Hope that makes sense. Would love to hear your thoughts and uh, continue running. Beautiful guys, six weeks in. 
master's program has started just now, starting this week. Let's give a huge round of applause to all our masters for taking on this 11-week walking challenge. Some are doing 5K, some are doing 10K. It's going to be fun. And we continue the ball rolling. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.